previously at the Macarius Avenue. So I'm talking about the prophet, the, the mandate, the honor. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 19. It's an expository so I will take it um, like that glory to God so you got to follow can I get a very big amen he said and after these things I heard a great voice you know when you read a book of revelation you hear things like this I heard a great voice I heard a great voice of much people in heaven they were in heaven which you and I are candidates. The Lord said, You are a citizen of heaven. Now you have your citizenship card. And if anything happens, you will find yourself in heaven. If you are here this morning and don't believe that you're going to make it, when we close, see me. You need to be born again. Can the amen be louder? A great voice of such people in heaven saying, Hallelujah. So in heaven, people are not keeping quiet. They are shouting hallelujah. Then they shouted hallelujah. And then the hallelujah they were shouting. He's, he's explaining it. Meaning that they are shouting hallelujah in the name of salvation. That salvation has come to people. So when you are born again, your salvation is the most precious thing. And there is something that you can shout about. Glory to God. So the man that is born again can shout about his salvation. Somebody buys a new car and he shouts about it. But you can shout about your salvation. It is salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. Those who were here on Friday, you understood the message. It's just a continuation. If you, did, if you miss it, that's up to you. Glory and honor and power unto our Lord Jesus Christ. Because Jesus brought salvation, there is a certain glory that goes to him. There is a certain honor that goes to him. There is a certain power that goes to him. Glory to God. But when Jesus received all the glory and honor and the power, he decided not to have it by himself. So people say that it is all about Jesus. The gospel is not all about Jesus. The gospel is not all about Christ. If it's all about Christ, then he will come and die for himself. He wouldn't come to die for you and I. But because he came to die for you and I, the gospel is about Jesus and his sons. Which I am a gracious part of. Oh, I think you can rejoice about it. So when you take, um, when you take the born again man from there, the gospel is not complete. When you take Christ to from there, the gospel is not complete. So Jesus came in and signed an agreement with us. And the agreement is called the New Testament. It is a testament. And the testament was not one that was signed in court. It was signed in a heavenlies. It was signed in the presence of God the Father. With the cup of the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, can the amen be louder? So now that you are born again, when glory goes to God, glory goes to you too. When honor goes to God, honor goes to you too. So Paul said, when man's body is honored, all are honored. And Christ is the head of the body. Can the amen be louder? Verse 2. 
For true and righteousness are his judgments. For he has judged the great whore which did corrupt the earth with fornication and had avenged the blood of his servant at hand. Glory to God. He said there was a whore, a prostitute, who this man is talking about in a vision. And he's saying that this man had corrupted the whole world with her fornication. And corrupted even and avenged for the blood of the servants at hand. She corrupted the people and acquired for the blood of God's servants. Hallelujah. Now when you look at this, when the book of Revelation is talking about this fornication, it's not a man sleeping with a woman outside of marriage. That is not what he's talking about. Because we read about that in the book of Jude, when the Bible said, Enoch, uh, Esau, committed fornication when he sold his birthright. So, he's talking about people now coming in and trying to adulterate. That's the word adultery. To mix up the pure with the impure. So, that's the word adultery comes from that word. So, it is adulterated. So, he's trying to adulterate the, the world with fornication. That here, blaspheming. Changing the word of grace. Hallelujah. So that now they avenge for even the blood of the servants. That is why it is happening still in this world. Pastors are the most hated people in the world. People hate us so much that we don't even know what we have done. Anything that is done for somebody is okay until you do it for a pastor. Immediately you do it. Ah, they are wasting it. I'll show you more scriptures to back it. Because people don't understand. And the book of Revelation has already talked about it. So there is a certain fornication going on. And people are adulterating the genuineness of God's grace. And the things that God has done through his servants. And they are calling for their head. But we shall not die. Oh... We shall live. Glory to God. Let the amen be louder. Verse 3. And again they said hallelujah. And her smoke arose up forever and ever. Verse 4. And the four and twenty elders. And the four beasts fell down. And worshipped God. That sat on the throne saying amen and hallelujah. So when you read this thing, people think that all we'll be in heaven doing is saying amen and hallelujah. This is just a part of it. He was worshipping. Glory to God. Let's go on verse 5. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants. You are servant of the Lord too. And ye that fear him, both small and great. Uh-huh. And I, and I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude. And as the voice of many waters, as the voice of mighty tendering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, omnipotent, reigneth forever. Hallelujah. Verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor unto him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come. And his wife has made herself ready. The marriage of the Lord's Supper has come. And the wife, the wife is the church. Hallelujah. And the wife is ready. 
Anytime somebody calls for a wedding, it's an honor. We go in to honor the person with our presence and to share with the person. Now, this particular wedding supper of the Lamb, it is an honor for you rather to be called to be a partaker of. There are some weddings that you are going to honor the person. But there are some weddings that the person is honoring you for inviting you. Because it's strictly by invitation. Now, this marriage supper of the Lamb is not for everybody. It's strictly by invitation. And this invitation is for those who are born again. So it is an honor to be part of that wedding. And you and I are going to be part of it. Verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen. Beautiful. She was arrayed in fine, beautiful linen. And the linen clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And that is why women wear white gown. It stands for purity. It stands for righteousness. Glory to God. And say that this righteousness is the righteousness of the saints. You and I, our righteousness. Verse nine. Verse nine. And he saying unto him, Right, blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. If you are called to be part of it, blessed are you. You are not excited about this. You are waiting for some body that looks like he's great in this country invite you for a wedding yeah, that you want to be part but this is the biggest wedding that will ever happen in the history of the world and he said unto him these are the true things of god then verse 10 and i fell at his feet to worship him and he said unto me see it do thou that give me a different version see it thou do it Can I, I can feel free, right? And I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said unto me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Glory to God. We have the testimony of Jesus. Then he said, Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Glory to God. So now it was the angel of the Lord that had appeared to him and began to show him things like this. And when he showed him, realized how blessed he is for his eyes to even behold such things. Then he knelt down to worship the angel that was showing him this thing and said, Hey, see thou that you don't do this. Don't do it. Because I am a fellow servant. Glory to God. What I'm trying to make you to understand that there is a difference between honor and human worship. So this one, he fell down on his feet to try to worship and say, No, we are fellow servants. In the Lord, we are all fellow servants. But there is a place of honor. Hallelujah. Oh, are you sure you are here? There is a place of honor. But when he knelt down to worship the, uh, the angel, the angel had to stop him. So every true man of God knows that he doesn't have to take worship. That is why when I'm coming, I don't let anybody uh, introduce me. Glory to God. No matter how God raises you, you still have to come down and be simple. Oh, I think that you should clap your hands for the Lord. Now, this is where my message begins. It's a 
For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So wherever the prophetic is loud, Jesus is exalted, not man. So when we minister by God's grace, specially through the prophetic anointing and bring things to people and deliver them and get healing and get the word of God and get direction and get divine counsel, all of that is to glorify Jesus because he is the giver. The Bible says when he went up on her, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Those gifts are men. But those men also have that gifted from God to them. Hallelujah. Because without that, nobody can actually minister in that power. Every power comes from God. So if somebody is ministering like that, the glory of God or the glory must go to God. Hallelujah. But the vessel is honored. He's also honored. But you see, he said, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when you see Jesus at work in a place, you see the testimony of the prophetic working in that place. So the prophetic is a place where God is testified. We see Jesus in action. Hallelujah. Jesus wouldn't come here and come and pray for you. But when we pray through, when we pray for you, we see the extension of his hand through a man. And he said, be healed. But it's not Jesus' hand. It is my hand. But when I say be healed, then Jesus, the invisible, touches the visible to make your healing visible in the invisible. Clap your hands for the Lord. So people try to take away man from the picture. You can't take away man from the picture. God does not work in a vacuum. So the Bible says when God looked at the world, the Bible says it was void. And he allowed the spirit of God to begin to hover over the earth. So God will always use a human vessel. And that human vessel that God is using must be honored. Let's go. Matthew chapter 20 says. Verse 7. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of precious ointment poured it on his head as he sat at meat ah king james said at meat as he sat at the table to eat he didn't sit beside the meat <laughs> give us contemporary english sample don't get it <laughs> give us give us give us a yes you can give me amplified anyway <laughs> A woman came to him with an alabaster vial of very expensive perfume. And you know, theologians said that perfume at the time was costing about $50,000. Now we have perfumes, male perfumes like Creed and all that. They cost roughly about $800 and all that. You know, and those ones are oil-based perfumes. Water-based perfume will disappear. That one is, is called body splash. For your body it's for night sleeping in our hot sun by the time you leave your gate it's gone then there is alcohol based perfume it can last like six hours but oil based perfumes can last long like even 72 hours even more after that this is oil based perfume and she poured it on jesus head as he reclined at the table uh-huh 
But when the disciples saw it, they were indignant and angry and saying, Why all this waste? Why are you wasting this precious <laughs> perfume on just one man? Let's go. And this perfume might have been sold at a high price and money given to the poor. Anytime you hear somebody say, why should they do this thing for pastors? They should give the money to the poor. Know that it is in the Bible. The Bible captures everything. Everything in the world. So nothing is new under the sun. So someone said they are wasting. Why do they go and use money to build a very big cathedral? They could have given it to the poor. Look at what Jesus said. Jesus is my wisdom. Look at what Jesus said. Verse 11. Let's go. For you always have the poor with you. But you will not have me always. Jesus is trying to tell them something. Nobody can alleviate poverty in this world. United Nations cannot do it. No president can do it. The richest countries in this world, they are still poor people in that country. Oh, if I'm preaching good, clap your hands. You go to the United States, there are people that are still poor. They are sleeping by the roadside. They are homeless. Meanwhile, the government is rich. Why are they poor? Because poverty is a, is a state of the mind. So Jesus is saying that this woman has done a great thing by looking at me remember before we read it, he said that they were conspiring to kill him but because it was at the feast they don't want to do it there so that there will be an uproar so they are waiting after the feast they'll look for a man among them to betray him so that they can catch him and this woman let's go verse, verse, verse 12 and she poured this perfume on my body she did it to prepare me for my burial because Jesus knew that he was going to be killed. And the woman knew that after Jesus is dead, what will I be pouring this oil on his body for? Now that he's alive. Oh, come on. Now that he's alive, this is the time we got to pour the, the oil on his head. Because I've seen his hands heal the sick. I've seen the lepers cleanse. I've seen people whose life has been changed. Can the amen be louder? The poor will always be with us. So when you're doing something for a person of honor, you have to do it. Don't think about the poor. Do what you can do for the poor. But when you are supposed to do what you are supposed to do to honor the people you're supposed to honor, honor them. Because somebody will say that, yeah, the pastors are milking the poor. No poor person can sponsor the gospel. The gospel is very expensive. It's only the man, a myopic mind, who thinks that church is not expensive. It's expensive to run a church. If I tell you the budget of our church, even just this service, a poor man cannot pay for it. I'll show you another scripture. But poor people come to church, they receive the gospel. And when they, because the Bible says, preach the gospel to the poor. So that when they receive the gospel, their mindset is changed. When their mindset is changed, they know that no, God can make me rich. God can prosper the work of my hands. God can. They are able to be transformed, changed to enter into God's riches. Can the amen be louder? 
immediately that happens the guy who have never dashed anybody anything immediately becomes to think about the poor it's a hypocritic talk let's go on I assure you and most solemnly say to you wherever this gospel of salvation is preached in the whole world that this woman has done will also be told and I'm even telling it prophecy being fulfilled oh clap your hands for God are you sure you are here are you sure you are here so people think that oh why do you honor a man why do you respect a man of God why do we why shouldn't we people respect footballers people respect comedians one comedian just cracked a joke and when somebody was leaving he dashed him a car yes by the joke the joke was so funny the man said no come and take my car if that is done to a pastor he's milking the poor a poor person cannot be milked because there is no milk you can only milk the cow that has milk can the amen be louder my main message has not yet come this should prepare you that part of it is very short so they can cut all this thing and show the message later <laughs> Are you sure? I'm just trying to make it mp3 because I don't have time Matthew chapter 10 Matthew chapter 10 Matthew 10 Are we there? Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority and power the 12 disciples he said come come and take authority and power go and preach then he said authority and power over unclean spirits to cast them out it is those who have received such power they are the ones that can cast out demons to cast them out to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness they have such authority that when cancer comes in they can talk to cancer that cancer leave and cancer will leave that authority came from Jesus verse 2 follow me now these are the names of the 12 I would have jumped this but some of you don't know them so we have to go through it special messengers personally chosen representatives this is what he calls apostles apostles are special messengers personally chosen representatives the first one he named was Simon who is called what now you know that Peter is part and Andrew his brother now you know that Andrew Simon's Peter's brother so there was a family among Jesus his ministry James the son of Zebedee now you know that James is part John his brother now you know that John was Jesus' own biological brother people think that Jesus Mary and Joseph didn't give birth again John is part of the ones so John is a brother to Jesus I'm not assuming that you know Philip was part of them. Hallelujah. Philip, who later became a great evangelist, was that's, that's the one. And Bartholomew, some of you don't know. Bartholomew, Nathaniel, Thomas, and Matthew, the Levi, the tax collector. James, the son of Aphios. You didn't know that James was also part of them. And Thedio, this one I know that most of you have not heard. Judas not 
Iscariot. He's saying that this one is not Judas Iscariot. Simon, there was a guy, he was also called Judas. But now he's saying that this particular Thaddeus was also called Judas. But he's not the Iscariot. And Simon the canine, Zillow, and Judas Iscariot. This is the real Judas Iscariot. Clap your hands for God. <laughs> then they put it there. They want to be sure that you know the one. They said the one who betrayed Jesus. You'll be surprised to know why the Bible put this in there. Because there are people who still betray men of God. And when you do that, your name will be put there like that. There will always be a Judas Iscariot. There will always be a Demas who will come to church and after once a church in yet there. He will go back into the world. Hallelujah. There will always be an Alexander the Copasmith who will torment a man of God all the days of his life. Let's go on verse 5. Jesus sent out these twelve instructing them, do not go among the Gentiles. And do not go into the city of the Samaritans. He's instructing them. Let's go. But rather, go to the lordship of the house of Israel. Uh-huh. And as you go, pre-saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He just told them the only thing they should say. When they go, hello, the kingdom of God is at hand. Hi, the kingdom of God is at hand. That was the message. Because they didn't know anything. So that they were going to be preaching things that are wrong. Then he said, after you tell them that, heal the sick. Remember, he had given them authority. So when they pray for the sick, the sick will get healed. Cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely have you received. Freely must you give. Anything that comes from divine can never be sold. We can never sell anointing. Because nobody can pay for anointing. That is why healing ministry... Most of it, when people come sick, we then take a dime from sick people. Because it reduces the power of the anointing. Even herbalists who have received this thing genuinely, and it is passed on from generation, they don't charge. They'll tell you, call a year, never done So that is how it is. So the anointing can never be for sale. It will help a man of God himself not to sell the anointing. Because it remains, it makes the anointing remains original and genuine and pure. Hallelujah. So when people come for healing, we can't take a dime. One seed we can't take from them. They must go home and be well. When they are well, they come back with thanksgiving. Glory to God. And that is the way of the Lord. That is why a man of God must not charge. Some charge because they don't understand. You must not charge because freely have you received and freely are you given. Why? The one that takes care of the man of God is God himself. He's the one that collects. So by the time he finished making this statement, they will be like, hey, what then can we do? Then Jesus now tell them, go back, go to verse 9. Jesus now tell them, as you go, oh no, verse 9. Then he said, do not take gold. He said, I'm trying to prove to you that I can take care of you. Therefore, when you go, don't pray for the sick and tell them that now that here, give me 200 Ghana cities. No. Because he knows that some of them think that now that you say we should take it freely, because some of them were going to make merchandise of it. 
hey, you have healing gift. Doctors cannot heal cancer. And you can heal cancer. You tell people that if you have cancer, it's $1,000. And they'll pay. Because cancer cannot have a cure. If you think about going through chemo and later losing all your hair and later reducing your immune system and later you may even die, you'll come and pay $1,000. That I say, go! And it's gone. No side effects. No side effects, if you're not honest. And we have seen tremendous healings here. We have seen cancers die. How much money can the guy pay? For that, for that. Not, not much. He can't. Because the anointing is the most precious thing. So he tells them that. So God is saying that. Now, now he added another one. They should have told them that, okay, now that freely have you received, freely must you give. Now when you go, withdraw your money from the bank. Jesus said, if you are going, don't enter Zen Bank. Don't go to your ADB bank. Don't take anything. He said, don't take gold or silver or even copper. It means copper is low. So he said, even, because gold is higher. Copper money in, in your money belt. Those that they kept the money here. So he said, don't even put it there. Go empty handed. That is the beginning of how God sent man. When God is sending man, he sent them empty handed. Why? So that they can depend on God. A man of God's work is the most dangerous work. Because the level of uncertainty is high. You don't know what is going to befall you. So God said, go. Before I was working, and God said, stop the work and go into ministry full time. You know what it takes to hear that kind of voice? You know that your salary will be coming every month. Now you don't know that it will be coming. My wife has also given birth to Angel. Now she has also lost a job. She's not working at the time. Which loving God can give you such an instruction? If God loves you, he'll tell you that work and do the ministry. And take care of your family. Because her family is very, very important. Family is important, but God's work and ministry and assignment is more important. Because we add the family to be part of it. That is why God can be bold and say, leave it. I'll take care of the family. That's what he told them. Uh, clap your hands for God. Remember, we are going to a heaven with people that the Bible said that. Those who have left wife. Somebody left the wife to come and preach the gospel. But now they say, you can't do. You have to be always by your wife and protect your family. You as a man, you can protect your family. It's God that protects families. If God doesn't protect your family, you are protecting it in vain. If God does not watch the city, he that watches is watching in vain. But when you do what God has said, the loving God will make sure that your family will never go to, go to shame. Ah, are you sure you are here? So he told them, don't take, don't take copper, money. Verse 11. Verse 10. Or provision back. Ah, verse 10. Or provision back for your journey. Do you know what a provision back is? Those who travel <laughs> to Libya, they have a provision bag. There is shito in it. There is in, everything is in it. God is telling you, on this journey, don't have a provision bag. No plan B. So to walk with God is risky. If you have... I will say something today. 
for a provision bag for your journey or even two tunics or sandal. Let your sandal be only one. Don't buy, don't take another shoe. He said, as the father sent you, as I'm sending you, go like that. For the worker deserves his support. He's saying that God is the one promising you that you that are working for me, I will support you. Because I am your exceedingly great reward. Let's go, verse 11. Whatever city or village you enter, ask who in it is worthy. He didn't say who in it is wealthy. He said who is it is worthy. Then amplify the explain worthy. One who welcomes you and your message. Before anyone welcomes you and the message you have, it means that they understand the one who sent you. He said inquire and stay at this house until you leave that city. Because the one who understands the kingdom and understand the gospel is the man who is worthy and the man who is worthy when a man of god comes to your house you will never let him go hungry but the one who doesn't understand will let the man of god go hungry because he doesn't understand the message and this is where my message begins now i'll show you something here i'll show you something can i show you there is what we call a worthy giving and a giving that is not worthy now, whatever you give a man of God, that will become trouble for him later. It's not a worthy giving. Now, some of you love me so much. You can give me something and your wife will be angry with you. And meanwhile, I know nothing about it. I was sitting in my house. You called me, man of God. I want to give you so, so, and so. You give it to me. You go home and your wife says, where is it? You say, I've given it to the man of God. You, you, you gave this to the man of God? How about me? How about this? How about that? The person may insult you. After insulting you, the change will come to me. So they are just there taking things from people. So let me show you something. Marriage can stop your giving ministry. Anything that is not under your domain, don't give it. It is not fully under your domain, don't give it. Because it will become a curse unto you later. That is why there are some places, you see young people, their father does them a car. The man of God is preaching. We need seed. Then they come and sow the car. They give the car. They go home. Their father says, what? Where is the car? Where is the car? He says, I've given to the man of God. That stupid pastor. Meanwhile, the pastor was just preaching. He's preaching. And the guy was touched by his own touching. I'm sending something. But the child doesn't know that the car is not in his domain. So if it's not in your domain, you don't have absolute control of, you can't give it to a man of God. It will become trouble for the man of God and become trouble for you. You and your wife have bought, bought a land. You cannot give it to the man of God. You can't give it to church. Until there is a mutual agreement. As long as your wife doesn't agree with it, keep it. Keep it. Because it will not be a worthy giving. Because whatever God gives, he added no sorrow. But the time you have given something to a man of God, it has become trouble for him. People are insulting him. Your wife is insulting him. You better you go and take your team. Because it is not a worthy giving. Because your wife doesn't understand the message. And he said, if you go into a house, give it your greetings. That the peace be unto this house. Then he continued, he said that the house, go, let, let's go. 
and in the family living house, the house is worthy, welcoming you and your message. Give it your blessing. We give that thing your blessing. Give it your blessing. The blessing of peace is talking about the highest blessing. And the highest blessing is shalom. That the blessing of well-being and prosperity and favor of God. But if it is not worthy, take back your blessing. A prophet was angry and said, taking that back. People were angry. But it's in the scripture. Ah, uh, you don't like this one. He says, God, he didn't ask. Look, he said, take, take, take it back. When you say, peace be unto you, say, may peace not be unto this house. Take it back. God is a loving God, but God is a disciplinarian. People think God can do anything anyhow. God loves me. That you can think that God loves you to you misbehave. Because apart from the love of God, there is what we call the fear of God. Until the service of God, that is the perfect, is working in you. You can only hang on the love of God and become foolish. Your two sons are in the house. The one that is misbehaving in the house, do you love him? Yes. You give it to the son. The one that is helping you, doing everything, do you still love that son? Yes, you love them. Who will you leave your family property to? The, the boy that is smoking weed around. You love him so much that you don't even want to give it to him. You give it to the serious guy. Oh. Does God love gays? Yes. He loves gays. He loves gays as much as he loves those who are born again. But God loves the gay so much that he doesn't want him to remain in that. Because that one can destroy him. Hallelujah. So don't look at God's love and take it in simplicity. You can't. Well, that's why there are children who think their parents so love them. Then that love will destroy you. So to walk in the love of God and understand the love of God, you must understand the serving spirits of God. Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 11, it talks about it. Glory to God. So there, the love of God is managed by the fear of God. You love God so much, but you fear Him. Reverence Him. That whatever He says, you obey. If not, you will still be disobeying God and say, God loves me. God loves me. And in your disobedience, you say, but of course He loves you. But you don't have reverence. Hallelujah. He said, take it back. Whosoever does not welcome you nor listen to your message, as you leave that house or city, shake the dust off your feet in attempt, breaking all ties. Because when you enter, and when a man of God enters environment, his angels enter with him. So even if you don't want to be blessed, you get blessed. The Bible talked about Obedidom, that when the ark of God got to his house, that ark was not supposed to be in his house. But when the ark of God entered his house, Obedidom began to prosper. Prosperity became automatic. When I enter into your house, I come with my angels. I come with the grace of God. Can I get a very big amen? Whatever God has given me, I come with it. Automatically, you begin to experience the dimension that I am. But if you do not welcome me, I got to shake it. So anything that is not worthy, don't bring it. If it is not in your domain, that it will cause your wife to insult us. It will cause your brother. It will call your uncle to insult us. Keep it. God can provide for the house of God. God is not nervous. A man of God shouldn't be nervous. Can I tell you something? Care about me. But don't worry about me. Because he that called me, he is faithful. Uh, you don't like what I said. Clap your hands for God. Worry. A man of God can go through trouble. You may think that he won't come out of it. 
Don't, don't worry about him. Care. Care means do what you can. Don't be worried. Even when he dies, he's at a better place. So even in death, we are glorified. Can the amen be louder? So don't be worried. Because people give excitement. Through excitement. A pastor was telling me that a lady just came to church. They are saying, that, oh, they need a land. The lady raised her We have a land. I'll give it to the church. The whole church, wow, glory. We, see, we have shared the testimony. Glory to God. The pastor has called his friends, called me too. And said, man of God, God has done it. He has brought that one man. You know how pastors we preach. There is only a one man. That one man is coming into your life. And God brought that one man. Not me, it was not God. It was excitement. After she has given, the church is drawing plan. They are doing everything. No, no, it was a family land. The brothers have not agreed. The family people have not agreed. Out of excitement, she went to give the document. She, they were on the land when family people came. And said, so for acting. Oni bene ayo. Amam for ba, sorry, anamu jijomu niyama. Meanwhile, oh my, this is what people talk. Many pastors who fall in trouble, they fall in trouble because most of the gifts they know nothing about. It came from excited people who the things under them were not under their full control. Anything that is not under your full control, you cannot give it to the church. You cannot give it to the man of God because it can later go back and become a curse unto you. God is not worried. If you don't want to give, no problem. Keep it. God can raise another person. That the thing is under his domain. When he gives it, there will be no trouble. God is calling for such givers. Clap your hands for God. So number two, if you are come to give me, I told you this is where my message is. If you are come to give me anything, and you say that, oh, I don't want to be known, take it away. You tell Pastor Isaac, don't let the man of God know that it's me. No, I have to know that it's you. Because who are you? And why are you giving what you are giving? Because anonymous giving has caused many men of God to be in trouble. Yeah. A man of God was there. Somebody came to pass a Mercedes. Beautiful Mercedes. Into his compound. They look at the car. Beautiful car. I show you how things come in place. Beautiful Mercedes on his compound. He said, oh, beautiful. Wow. No, no, it was a stolen car. You say, ah. But you wonder how somebody can steal a car. And in his mind, naive mindset. Thinking that if they are looking for the car. Don't find it anywhere. They should go and sow it as a seed. So that God will bless them. Arm robbers pay tight. They are arm robbers after they are spoiled. They'll say, Father, thank you for this. Then they take tight out of it. Then they go and give it to a man of God. A man of God with a very sensitive spirit should reject that. It's not every gift that a man of God must take. It is an honor for the man of God to receive your gift. Because some gifts are without honor. Clap your hands for God. So anything that is not under your domain. That is why marry a woman of wisdom. Marry. See, marriage can take you to hell. Because you and your husband can fight over basic doctrine. Or your husband can introduce a doctrine that will take you to hell. And because you say, I love him, I don't want divorce. Divorce is not good. But there are divorce that is good. I know of a lady, he should join our church. And one day the husband called her and said, no, I want you to become a Muslim. If you love this marriage, become a Muslim. She said, okay, I love the marriage, become a Muslim. She has chosen Jesus over marriage which is an earthly thing 
marriage is good but it is in this earth realm earth realm marriage is not a message right now every pastor is preaching on marriage marriage is not a message the message is christ marriage is not the message marriage is a means to an end he said god will give you a helper so that you can fulfill his divine plan and purpose if that helper is taking you away from God, he's taking you away from from church, he's taking away from that, it's better you leave it. You can protect your marriage and you find yourself protecting it in hell. Because you love your marriage more than God. God above everything. I love my wife, but my wife knows that I love God far more than her. Because when God speaks to me, I can be with you, God speaks to me now. Whatever is happening, I leave her. I leave her. Because God has spoken to me. When I hear God, I'm prompt on what God is saying. It is not my emotion, it is what God is saying.